This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Previously on Talk Time Live exclusive. Unity and diversity. Mm-hmm. And that's a slow, it's not just a slogan, but it's a belief system. And when you say that, uh, if we could all have unity and diversity, if we all like really took that to heart. And what that means is uh, we are all unique individual beings on this planet. We with different races, different cultures, different belief systems. And the one thing that unites us all is that. Mm-hmm. And if we can all respect each other's unique beliefs, unique cultures, unique ideas, unique language, um, unique, you know, ways of preparing food. Um, if we all respect that and we, we gave, um, each other respect in the sense that, um, I honor. And if we could look at each other and say, I honor you for you, for your mm-hmm. beingness, for your, for your skin color, for your culture, for your belief systems. And I honor that. And all I ask in return is that you honor mine too. That is the, the one factor that can bring all of this planet, all everybody on this planet together and, and harmonize in a sense that we can, we don't all have to be assimilated into the, you know, like the Borg, right? Be assimilation <laughs> exactly. into the, and be the same thing. Um, no, no, this is the, in fact, the exact opposite. This is saying that we all can really embrace who we are, our uniqueness and, and, and come from uh, wherever we come from, yeah. but yet, because we we uh, embrace that, and we embrace that in each other, and we res- we give mutual respect to everybody else, and when, and my God's no better than your God or anything uh-huh. like that. Um, then that's the true unifying uh, unifying field of of belief, the unifying the one thing that can unite us all and come together. Hi guys, this is Ruben Langdon. You're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Show you can! It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter where y'all from. And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news, special guests, and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes, all can learn something new. Me too. I heard words with no faith is empty. I stayed the so my haters tempt me Beep the podcast, that'll make them envy It ain't too trendy, it's ACMG Anime, comics, movies, and games Come on and let's get it Talk time Anime, comics, movies, and games Come on and let's get it Talk time Anime, comics, movies, and games Come on and let's get it Talk time Anime, comics, movies, and games Come on and let's get it Talk time
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the Prime Show. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. Folks, I hope you're having a great, great week. I know I am. I want to give a big thank you to the one and only Ruben Langdon, the voice of Dante and Ken Masters from Street Fighter V, amongst other things and movies that he's ever done and, and produced. Uh, he, we had a great time being on a show and it was just awesome. If you heard the actual beginning of the show, we got a little cut from it. So if you want to go out of your way, please go out of your way to go on TalkTimeLive.com or any of the outlets that we have to check out the whole entire interview in its entirety. It is awesome. He's been awesome to the show. And it's funny. I got to mention this real quick because before we start our show, we, we got a great show coming. We got some news to talk about, but uh, we got pretty much we got busted into some really interesting news right after we did the show we did the show it was 10 p 10 30 p.m by time in philadelphia it was 11 30 a.m where he was because he was in tokyo japan and you get that so if you hear what i put in the clip of what i put in from that interview at the beginning of the show you'll understand why i put that clip in and basically he 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 was under like a match. I don't want to say he's under fire. He was under a lit match because that's how small the fire was that Newsweek was trying to put him in. So what happened was we did the interview and unbeknownst to uh, either of us, I didn't, I was not aware of this and he brought it to my attention. He literally brought this to my attention the next morning uh, when, we, when he hit me up and, and sent me the article and told me that like I, somebody just sent this to me. I just want to make sure you get a heads up on it and I read the interview thoroughly and their Newsweek was accusing one of the actors Joey Kamen Joey Kamen plays the character Morrison which is the only black character in the game a small bit a small role like he's in there beginning and he's in there uh, at the end of the game and that was the weird part about it is that they made him a black character The Joey Kamen is not black, and they decided to go by that. Now, that's not immediately like shocking to me because as a person who watched the Cleveland show very much often and watched Family Guy, anybody who's a fan of those shows know that Cleveland is not uh, done by a black guy. He's done by a white guy, but and, and comically so. And the reason why I don't have a problem with that is because, one, they do a lot of homework on air and Cleveland does remind me of a guy I actually know in real life so that's the funny part um but it's done it's almost done it like respectfully not to really not in a really disrespectful way just like just tongue-in-cheek at best uh and to Joey Kamen's credit he did a pretty damn good job playing a role because I had no idea that he was you know even remotely not black I thought it was like Kevin Michael Richardson or something like that who does every deep voice part in every almost every you know game and animated show so I I don't know why they went to Joey Kamen I'm like all right but honestly I kind of do because he to his credit he did a great job but with that said Newsweek caught some footage that he that caught him under fire over some controversial video footage now Joey Kamen is also not only an actor he's a comedian but he's like a shock value comedian so he's a guy from you know, if you see him, he he looks like a guy from the 90s who... And in the 90s, everything was shock value. Everybody was doing something crazy. But the one thing that you'd never do, ever, there's nobody is exempt from this. You never do blackface. Never. 
Well, all right. Let me rephrase that. Robert Downey Jr. kind of got away with that. But it was done. It was written and done in such a way that we kind of like it, it was just like it was it was, he I don't know why he gets a pass, but for some reason he gets a pass for that. I still don't understand why he gets a pass for that. But and, and why we like it. But Tropic Thunder was hilarious and the way it was done. I think it was done in a way that we were OK with it. It wasn't like berating us in certain in a certain uh in a certain fashion but the way what he did in this video came off as offensive and very offensive especially when he put a ski mask and some you know with a little white ring in the in the mouth part section so and then pretended to be a i guess a dj or something like that so he since took those down immediately and he's come under fire for that i get that but then they turn on to Ruben Langdon, who they did an article on him before talking about extra dimensional and extraterrestrial, you know, existence and whatnot. But now they throw him under the bus because of some remarks that he said regarding the Me Too movement, Black Lives Matter, and his view on Vic Mignogna. Now, I've read and heard these comments. They are not, it's not even an opinion. This is not even in my opinion. He did not say anything damnable in any of those subjects enough for anybody to warrant, you know, putting him on a stake. <laughs> it just wasn't. It after reading it, it was like there what is what did he say that was basically damnable here in the article. He basically was talking about his views on you know the movements that we've had and while they were good at the beginning they they were tarnished after a while and he doesn't believe that it's going to change anything i've had conversations like that myself because and it's true because it's like when you any sense we want them to work but there's always something that they get turned around and screwed up in, in the midst of it and it has happened that's exactly what happened i mean they still exist but it, it got because of certain wrenches thrown in the cogs of both of them they kind of like downfalled in a sense it's not to say that we're not still fighting a fight but it just is it didn't happen away and then he also he also continued it with an actual what he believes should be a solution which is just let's all just start over from the get-go and just start which i i said this before I, I just recently said on my facebook account before we had that interview before i saw this article we need to reboot america period because all these damn movie reboots we don't we need to reboot this country just start all over and just do just start a whole new everything it, it just really i mean it sounds it's easier said than done but if we all thought the same way and just stopped and just started trying to figure out how to treat each other better and do it just like he said in the beginning of this of the clip that i just put on for this show from our interview you know that's the guy i know so newsweek had their intentions and then also he mentioned his belief in the vic Mignogna situation too which again because he knows him he has every right to say what he needs to say about his feelings on vic whether people like him or not if anybody that can speak on it it's him because he's worked with him more than once closely they've worked together so i i can i can understand that if i spoke with somebody like 
I have. I, I absolutely have. Somebody that I known and worked with and, you know, teamed up with in the past that has been known for doing some interesting things that he should not have been doing. And I, you know, I did my research on it and things started connecting and I no longer hang with that person as a result. That's my, and plus with my own experiences with him, that's my experience. If anybody has anything to say, I have a right to say and view my opinion on it and make my decision. He figured that he, that's, he made his decision of what he thought about that situation. He stands by it. You got to respect that because everybody who's getting on him about it doesn't really probably have any that much interest in knowing truly what really happened or whether it happened or what connects or what not. So it's that situation is never is, is still not clear cut in a case. So that's what it says. But anything in it on an article was not damnable at all. None damnable. So they tried to do it and people really saw through what Newsweek was doing. And then furthermore, Ruben had an actual email from Newsweek trying to get information on him about, you know, or his views on the Vic situation, which he kindly declined. And he actually posted that email on his on his uh post now he sent that to me and i was like after a while i was like i'm not sweating this you said nothing wrong uh on your case so i have no beef with it joey came in is one thing and i pray that he apologizes for that and and hopefully all will be forgiven after that you know with that situation he did something hopefully years ago i'm hoping it's years ago despite the fact that one of the bits that he did was a was that of a maga uh you know a stereotypical maga supporter so i don't know how recent that is that's pretty recent that's yeah that's a rough time joey for you to do but nonetheless hopefully he will make amends understand how offensive that is and hopefully we will see him you become people forgive him or something we don't know it the way the people are today who knows but just like we spoke about on our interview like we need to just go a different way about how we do things in order to bring peace to everybody else but i highly recommend going out of your way if you haven't already and thank you everybody for going in it's been the highest downloaded and listened to episode we had this year so far and I got to say, man, it was great to have him on the show. It was always great to have him on the show. He's been nothing but the nicest guy. He's a great friend. Uh, everything that he's, everything that I ever asked of Ruben, he's been down with and he's done and he looked out for me many times. So I will refuse to believe anything that any, any dumbass will say out there that is accusing of him because guaranteed they don't know him like many others have. And again, if you listen to the interview and you read that article, and the words that he said, use your critical thinking, read it thoroughly, listen to it thoroughly, listen to this thoroughly. You understand what truly a spirited man this guy is, and he has no hate in him by any stretch. Many proof to that. But thank you again, Ruben Langman, for that. I enjoyed it. I, of course, like I said, I enjoyed Devil May Cry 5. I'm still going to play Devil May Cry 5. Here's the situation. Morrison, who, by the way, in the anime version, Morrison's a white guy. And that's really interesting. I don't understand why they went and changed the character around, whatnot. I, 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 I like the fact that they had a um, a black character in there, but 
come in and find out that Joey came in, did it, and then all the stuff that he did, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way, but not enough for me to damn this game because the character Morrison is only in there for like, a, like literally just a few minutes in the beginning and a few minutes at the end. That's it. If they truly wanted to, they can redub that bit. It's just simple as that. They could just redub that whole thing and just, you know, patch it with a new voice. And really this time hire Kevin Michael Richardson. <laughs> you know, that guy does everything. Come on. But I'm not damning the game. I'm not damning Ruben. I'm not damning all the hard work that everybody has done. If Ruben did it, if Ruben did it and said all those things, that would have been a total different thing. <laughs> that would have that would have killed the actual game immediately killed the game but he didn't and i'm thank god <laughs> but I'm, I'm thank him for reaching out to me when he did on that situation and you know his fans his fans looked out there's plenty of different youtube footages out there of people knowing and getting and talking about how newsweek was trying to you know put shade on ruben for what they did they saw right through it so you know it didn't really catch fire it only caught a, a flame match at best so yeah it just came off really thirsty to me it just came off insanely thirsty in my opinion on newsweek's part you could have just stuck with the joey came in part and that's it then you tried to throw ruben in for extra measure nah that's where you screwed up and you didn't have enough merit to do it that's when you screwed up in my opinion so there that's all i gotta say about that but thank you guys go out of your way check out that interview it's hot about an hour and 20 minutes or maybe an hour 20 minutes 30 minutes just great conversations talking about his you know of course dmc5 uh his trip to guatemala which by the way newsweek never covered that they, not the fact that he almost got shot up him and his friend almost got shot up six times at guatemala never caught that just, they got that controversy which didn't have any which didn't hold anything so you know we talk about that and then we also talk about his extra uh terrestrial or extra dimensional uh you know research and documentaries and the things that he produced he's a great dude go out of his way to look out for everybody that he ventures through and he's just awesome i just love having him on the show so uh thank you for that but ladies and gentlemen i digress we got a great show coming today because not only we got a lot of news talking about really we got some news to talk about today on talk time live but we also got to talk about jordan pills us i got a chance to see it it's the only guy that is going to convince me to go see a thriller and you know it's he's it's just it i i got to support him not just for obvious reasons but i'm a big fan of his writing i'm a big fan of his comedy i'm a big fan of him period and his genius and we got to talk about it was was us actually a genius this time did it was it better or not as much as get out we'll see we'll talk about it in our talk topic today but let's not waste any time we've talked about things enough but we got to talk about the big news that came out this week the insanely huge news that came out this week news that we've been waiting for so without further ado let's find out what's new in the world of acmg And now, it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG. Folks, after years and years, and maybe just a few months and a few days and a few hours, of actually waiting for the results of this acquisition... 
I can finally say Disney owns Fox. And I had to give it to D Voice too. Disney owns Fox. So <laughs> this is beyond the news that we've been waiting for, and it is finally here. And you know what that means? That means for us, it's really funny because if I'm correct, now I've been told this many a times that the one of the biggest reasons why Disney wanted Fox was so that they can gain all of the licenses from Marvel. I don't know how true that is. But considering how much Marvel gross, you never know. You never know what that is. I don't. I really don't know how concrete that is. But you know, they're gaining a hell of a lot more than just the Marvel licenses. They're gaining, you know, everything Fox owns from Fox Sports to Fox Animation and FS1 and two and just everything. The studios, all that. I mean, they're getting every bit of thing. So. While it is definitely definite that Marvel will get back all of the Marvel properties that Fox own, like X-Men, Deadpool, Fantastic Four, a few others, I believe some Mariners in there too in some cases, I believe, nothing has been said as to how they will work out in progress with other networks such as, like I mentioned, FX, FSX, FS1, FS12, and, and their movies. You know, they got a lot of movies coming out with me. I guess we're going to see, we're definitely going to see X-Men. Uh, we're finally going to see the X-Men, but after that, I don't know what they're going to do. They're going to reboot it. They're going to, you know, do we need another reboot of the X-Men? Best, If anything, can they just use the same actors and actresses that are involved? Because they already made a name for it and just do something different with it? I don't know. I just, I really, I mean, we've seen enough Bonds, but I guess I, I guess I could handle another version of X-Men. But... It's just very interesting. I mean, there's so much more to this than just the Marvel licenses and franchises involved. So we'll see how this goes. But I, I don't know if you guys have actually seen it because I watched it. I watched it, I think, watching one of the shows the other night on Fox. And they already came out with a commercial that was hinting on the acquisition of uh, from Disney. They didn't exactly say Disney, but they're saying a whole new world is coming, a new generation of things is coming. Just wait and see. And you know, you actually saw WWE SmackDown on air as well because that's coming to Fox. And they got a. For those who don't know, WWE got a huge multi-million-dollar contract from Fox to air SmackDown on air. And I think with the intentions that Ronda Rousey was going to be a part of that, but we'll see how that goes. I don't think she's gonna let, she's gonna be around long enough to be in that show. Maybe a few appearances or something like that, but I will see. But uh, it was really hinting on the things to come, and it was funny because they used clips from the show Empire, to, which had Lucius Lyon, Terrence Howard's character, say some things that he said about the Empire, but they used it in reference to what's about to happen with Fox. The irony of that is that it's from Empire and with everything going on with Jesse Smollett right now and Disney owning it and everything that happened. It'll be interesting to see what's going to happen with that show. Could this be the last season because of that? We'll see. Jesse, really, hopefully you prove yourself wrong there. But I digress. (laughs) The reports from Hollywood Reporter is also forecasting a huge number of layoffs, unfortunately, due to this acquisition usually is the case but they're forecasting a number of over around 4000 that's that's the reality that we don't see from this 
And I'm glad the Hollywood Reporter mentioned that because that's an extremely important situation. You know, we're all we all us fans, especially our comic book fans, our movie fans. All we're thinking about here is the actual. You know, we're thinking about our ourselves. We're thinking about the fan factor of it. We're not thinking about the people about to lose a lot of jobs because they can't fill all that. They are going to get the best of the best of what they believe is the best. And the rest of them are going to be scratching around for another gig at the results of this. So at the same time, it's a very scary moment for these people with this. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's really that's the really bad part here. I remember uh, doing a report on Select Start. I, I believe Blizzard might have been the ones that uh, they laid off a bunch of people. Not nearly as much as what, what, what the Hollywood Reporter is forecasting, but it was in the thousands. It was definitely in the thousands. And I believe they were U.S. jobs, if I'm correct, if I remember back. I could be wrong. But that was a major deal. And that's, it was sad. Because I was reading tweets from actual employees and some of the actual celebrity voices that are that works on some of these games were actually sending links to people who were looking for other jobs. And that was really cool of them to do. And I don't know. That's another thing. I mean, like, if we take off the fan factor glasses and gargles and look at that. 4,000. Even if it was 3,000, that's a lot. Even if it was 2,000, that's a lot. I just, I really feel bad now. I mean, at the end of the day, it's going to be great for them, but I pray 4,000 jobs. And trust me, I don't know what the hell the government is saying or the president is saying. Jobs is not that, it's not that easy to get these days. This is not the 90s or the 80s. If that's the case, I would have worked with a firm a long time ago and, you know, not done what I'm doing right now. It is not easy. I trust me. I've struggled myself to try to find an actual job in my field, in, that my degree, that my hard-earned degree in honor roll uh, certificate has earned me to get a gig, and it's not because it's so oversaturated with everybody else trying to get it as well. So, much to what these commercials or you know all these places and trying to tell you. It's not as easy. It's not saying it's impossible, but it's not as easy to get it all. So the C4000 of those people, I wish them the best. Yeah, whoever that may be, if that, that that is to happen. I'll be very surprised if they do keep everybody there, but there's a big chance that that does not happen. And that's the sad reality of this thing. There are also reports that they may be shutting down Fox studio, uh, 2000 studio, uh, picture studio as well, which is I I'd expected that. Just what, what else? If anything, they can just assimilate into that those studios and use it for another type of thing. I don't know what they're going to use it for, but that's just more space for them to do whatever they need to. At that, uh, Hulu. Yeah, people, you got to realize Hulu is also questioned as Fox owned that as well, and now it's a it's a it's an acquisition of uh disney so i mean they've played this they have disney content on hulu but with them coming out and re- to create disney plus i don't know what this is going to result in i don't know if they're going to still make disney plus now all right now i can tell you this i can definitely tell you this if they merge hulu with this disney plus i'll be more than happy to own disney plus because that means we get it all. And I wouldn't mind paying for that. But I'm still not 
I'm still not really down with this Disney Plus thing. And then you got DC Universe, and then you got Netflix, and then you got like Audi. Like, I, tell me somebody who has over 20 streaming networks, and I will show you a very wealthy man. Because if you're paying for that much and you really can't afford to pay for all these streaming networks for gaming and, and movie watching and binging and all that stuff, dude, you fooling yourself. And if you claim that you're cutting the court, you know, well, I did a show about that and I did the math. I can tell you, you're not. So with that said, I'm hoping that Hulu actually stays the same or does assimilate into this Disney Plus and still have the same content, but also have the Disney content as well, because that will be awesome. That would be absolutely awesome, but we will see. I don't know what that's going to entail, but there's just so many questions towards this acquisition now. And I'm assuming we will get some answers soon once everything settles and they set everything. I got a feeling some people may be, some people may be sad about it. Some people may be happy about it. It's going to be a mixed bag with this, but we'll see. But for Marvel fans, you can't be any happier. <laughs> we're getting it all. And we're getting Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, which is officially legit now. Uh, you know, that was just a hint of what the things, if you guys don't know, if you're, you know, if you're on a Nintendo Switch, you know that Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, which is a game that has been, that people wanted for so long, is now coming to the Nintendo Switch exclusively. Kudos Nintendo. <laughs> so it's, it, this summer is coming and it involves every character that at one point was not licensed by Marvel Studios. It was owned by Fox, Sony, and all of them are coming together as one. So, and the cool part about Spider-Man being in here too, because if I believe the contract from Sony was that they could use Spider-Man for, I believe, anything they wanted to, but they get all the they get all the money from uh from the box office of the money that they make in the movies. But they uh, merchandise everything else Marvel gets. Kudos to Marvel for that. That's smart. <laughs> that was very smart. That's the um Luke. That's the George Lucas move, pretty much, because he did the same thing with Star Wars at the beginning. He you know all the Kenner toys that uh, we used to own as kids. That all went to him. They got the box office money, but all that went to him. He made bank off of that he may still be making bank off of that stuff right now so we'll see this is here we the moment we finally been waiting for the biggest acquisition ever this is the biggest thing to me since the monday night wars in wrestling when uh vince mcmahon brought wcw and acquired it and of course that didn't lead to anything good on their part but Vince had an ego. So let's hope that Disney does not have the same ego as Vince McMahon and it turns into all hell. So speaking of streaming networks, DC Universe is offering 24 hours of free access celebrating Batman's 80th anniversary coming soon. So if you have not gotten in to that streaming network, you can jump in in 24 hours, just see exactly. I would say if you're a, if you're a fan of DC, in content and you haven't seen any of the shows that they did like young justice outsiders titans doom patrol which is now out which i saw a couple episodes of and i'm gonna binge like crazy on that here's my plan take a day off whatever way you want to do a sick day or whatever take a day off watch all of those shows as much as you can in one day 
and it's hard for me to say. I would say, if anything, if I give it Young Justice, which I always I seen the first season of that, awesome. Uh, Titans, definitely go see that. But Doom Patrol, I saw the first like two episodes there. I'm like, this is really, and all of them, with the exception of Young Justice, all of them done by Greg Berlanti. So if you're a Greg Berlanti fan of the DCW shows or what I call the DCCW shows, uh, definitely go out of your way because the guy he he does it again. He does it again. So I the thing you could do is you can always uh, you subscribe for at least a month and jump off immediately and unsubscribe to it after a while without getting extra pay. So you could do that too. WWE Network does that too, but. They, I gotta give them credit. They got a lot to offer. I, I don't recommend, you know, draining your pocket for get for granting a for going into all these streaming networks. But if you're a fan of DC, if you're a comic book fan, I gotta, I, I'm not gonna lie. They're gonna give you your money's worth there so far, and they, they're continuing to do so. They gotta for the short amount of time that that streaming network has been out, they provide a lot of great content in there. So. And here's your chance to do it. Uh, go onto their website, find out when you could get it. I forgot there. I didn't see the date as to when. And forgive me, I didn't see the date as to when you can actually access this free 24-hour day. But I'm telling you, if you, like I said, if you're a DC fan, if you're a DC fan, you should already have it by now. But if you're not, but you love the TV shows and all the stuff, you got to go out of your way to check it out. They got some stuff that you probably never seen before, like the Aquaman pilot that never came into fruition. And I saw that episode. We'll talk about I can make a whole episode out of that and as to why they never came out with that. But I really should have during the time that Aquaman came out. But that's interesting. But nonetheless, go out of your way to check it out. And uh, it, it's, it may be worth your while. It may be worth your while, definitely. So let's move on to some other news here. For those of you in America, how would you like to make $1,000? Not by using your body, not by experimenting, not by taking any substances or anything, experimental substances. How would you like to win $1,000 just binging on every single Marvel movie that has ever come out? Not every Marvel movie. Let me ex- let me change that. Every Marvel Studios movie that has ever come out. Because you got to say that. You got to say that. Because then that means like, oh, man, I got to watch Roger Corman's uh, Fantastic Four and the, and the last Fantastic Four movie. Oh, crap. Or the Captain America movie from the 90s. Eh. No, this is every Marvel Studios movie that's been done since 2007 Iron Man till to Infinity Wars. Actually, rephrase that. Now to Captain Marvel, because that was the recent one. So this company, this TV company called CableTV.com. I know it sounds kind of weird that it's just such a simple, you know, domain name. And they got it. CableTV.com. Wants you to pay. Wants to pay somebody a thousand dollars to binge all of the Marvel Studios movies. That's everything from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The chosen candidate will receive not only just a thousand dollars, but will also receive some some MCU movie swag as well. You know, like ten, I believe ten popcorn uh, mug cans, uh, mugs, soda mugs. You know, just movie paraphernalia, if you will, T-shirts, all that stuff. Along with you getting paid a thousand dollars. Uh, the TV company wants to also uh, find somebody who is very knowledgeable in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which they, that won't be hard to find. They also want an active social media personality, meaning somebody who will be able to throw tweets of their experiences while they're in there. You must be 18 years or older 
and you got to be in America. So kudos to that. You also, in order to enter and be chosen, you have to enter you doing a 200-word essay or write-up to why somebody should pay you to watch all of these movies using your MCU knowledge as well. So if you're interested, jump on there. Go to CableTV.com and find out if you're going to be the chosen one and we'll see how that goes from there so good luck to those who would do it and good luck to the and congratulations to the winner and good luck because i did that last year not completely binge but if you guys remember i binged i didn't binge i didn't binge actually i did the test i did the challenge and the challenge was last year leading up to infinity war was to watch one movie a week leading up to infinity wars and you will absolutely watch every movie per week leading up to infinity wars it was like 17 18 weeks and it was no 17 or 18 weeks and i did and not only did i do that but i also watched in between i watched actual episodes of ages of shield that was connected to some of the movies too so it was a task i think it was more of a task because i had to keep control because what i really wanted to do is what whoever is going to be doing this contest is doing and binging all through them at once it's easier to do that i believe than it is to wait every week knowing you have the app you absolutely have the ability to watch all of them now and i had to wait every single week and it was oh so hard to do but i did it and i don't know I'm thinking about it. I thought that this was going to be harder to binge through all this. It might still be hard to do it, but doing it all that week and, and like I wanted to just binge through it now, but I was like, no, I'm gonna keep control. I'm gonna do it, and I did it. So we'll see how that person goes to see if they uh, get drained out by that. They're gonna have to drink a lot of coffee or something like that to get through all that. It's like it's about like what? How many is it now? I think it's like 20 movies now. I think I probably I don't know. I, I that's how I counted it was like i think isn't captain marvel at 18 somebody somebody correct me here but i it was it's a lot of damn movies i can tell you that so oh man so we'll see we will see speaking of which i'm gonna go over to this on my notes because i went over this but captain marvel is expected to gross and probably has already by now grossed 900 million dollars worldwide almost reaching the billion mark that is awesome I thought it was a great movie. It was a fun movie. It wasn't the best movie, but it was a very good movie. And in some cases, I, I now you know what? It, it, it wasn't to that extent. I'm not going to give it any more than it was. It was a good movie. It wasn't anything new or explosive that I haven't seen, but they did a good job. It felt like a, like a prelude movie at best, but I loved it. I enjoyed it. I loved what they did. Uh, Brie Olsen killed it. She deserves everything that she gets from this movie. And the money is is warranted. I, I would go see it again if I could. Definitely. I'm definitely going to buy. I'm supporting this movie all the way through. It was a really good movie. I actually did. I don't like to compare the two, but since it is DC and Marvel, I did like their attempt better than I did with Wonder Woman. I still absolutely love Wonder Woman. Cinematically, I think Wonder Woman is better cinematically i think they're better uh they did a lot with that but at the end of the day wonder woman really did feel like captain america to me in so many levels so what they did i like the fun feel that they did with captain marvel on here but both movies are awesome in my opinion 
Uh, so go out of your way to check that out if you haven't seen Captain Marvel yet, but keep putting in the money for that. It recently raked up $825 million worldwide on Friday. So it needs $75 million right now. And that's, of course, $286 million uh, here in, uh, in the States, I believe, and domestically, and $538.6 million internationally to get that uh, amount there. So I'm... That's that was that was the amount that I got on Friday. Now I'm pretty sure it's probably moved up. I don't know to what extent, but you know, congratulations to everybody involved in that. It already superseded movies like Sam Raimi Spider Man, which was like 822 back in um, 2002, I believe. Wonder Woman's uh, Wonder Woman, and it surpassed that at 822, and now it's the 16th highest grossing comic book movie of all time. Hey, keep it going, man. <laughs> I, I gotta say, man, that, um, they I, they did a great job. And the Stan Lee intro in the beginning, uh, man, so heartwarming. And here we go. I mean, we we're just gonna keep seeing it, man. I, I want this to keep going and keep growing at all times. You know, just seeing diversity like this, and especially going into the next generation of Marvel movies coming up. Kevin Feige saying that he's gonna bring a lot more diversity and a lot more you know intrigue to this genre after this after the final phase of this when infinity when end game come out so we'll see but congratulations to everybody involved in that movie indeed let's move on to some gaming news because um, if you haven't noticed i haven't done a select start uh uh episode this week and that is because i had so much going on the ruben langdon uh episode came in and then following that I got so much outside work on my for my freelance work with, uh, of course, if you guys don't realize, Viewfinders Identity Search and Design is my design firm, which I do web uh, design. I also do graphic design, logo design, and whatnot, branding, if you will. So a lot of my clients were in uh, need, and I had to you know go into that. So, And again, if you need any assistance in graphic design and web design, if you need to build your brand, why not come to me? at viewfinders identity search and design at vfisad.com can't plug it any better than that and if you know i have worked with some of your favorite people in the world of anime so if you go into my website you'll find out for more actually i need to upgrade that website because i've worked and done some work for more people in the industry naruto related i'm best at that but still it you know i made it work actually most of those clients are naruto based so there so that's that there but nonetheless you could definitely go out of your way to do that but this week has been so busy and with me doing that and i really i wanted to because there was some great information from nintendo with their nindies but i'm gonna transition over that to next week because i got and the fact that thank you to shout out to matt papa from nt creates who's been on my show who works for nt creates they in the midst of the nindies showcase popped up with a big surprise that Blaster Master Zero Two came out the day of that announcement, and I was like, "Come on, man!" So I was going to do a review of Kingdom Hearts, which I'm still going to do, but now I had to add on Blaster Master Zero. So now I got to review both of these, and I'm like, "There's no way I'm going to be able to do this." Plus, all this information coming out, and I'm glad I didn't too, because the news that I have right now involves playstation and they just announced that this uh state of play which is their new live broadcast showcase is going to be coming out which i believe today's the 24th is coming out tomorrow on monday 
on the 25th. So uh, I believe at 12 Eastern. No, it's 5 p.m. It's 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I believe, is coming. So that's going to be coming out. So I'm glad I actually made because now I got even more news to talk about with the Nindy's uh, showcase with the reviews that I have. And now this new information on there because rumors ha- rumor has it that they may actually announce the, uh, uh, a lot of news involving the future of PlayStation. Uh, they already spoke about that. There's definitely going to be some game news coming out in reference to what they're doing. But many are expecting or have expect expectations that they may be announcing the PlayStation 5 or the newest edition of PlayStation that they're coming out. And this is in reference to them not doing the E3 presentation that they normally do, which is a huge move and a huge blow for E3. Because that's usually the marquee presentation that everybody comes to see. And they usually are the ones to knock it out the park. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do and how they come out of this. Is this what this is a good idea for them to do? So this really affects E3 in a big way. And I'm going to be very interested to see how E3 this year is going to take with the fact that Sony, their biggest proponent, will not be there this year so we'll see but tune in tomorrow i believe 5 p.m or just check playstation to be sure i believe it's 5 p.m eastern standard time that they are going to be presenting that and showing that so get ready the state of play is coming we'll find out what's going to be coming for the future of playstation there so last bit of news i want to bring up here because i don't talk about this much and i don't understand why i don't talk about this much but i watch the cw shows all the time excuse me I watch the CW shows all the time, and I love everything that happens on those shows. Greg Belanti Productions is awesome, and last week was the episode that we've been waiting for in Supergirl. John Cryer, you guys know him as Alan on, uh, what is it, uh, Two and a Half Men, and he's played tons of movies out in years, like all those Molly Ringwald shows, shows involving uh, movies, I mean, not shows, movies, movies involving Charlie Sheen, especially, I mean, he was on Hot Shots, I believe, too, that's the one that he was on, and he, you know, he was on Two and a Half Men, he's an Emmy Award winner, multi-Emmy Award winner, if I'm correct, he got picked to play Lex Luthor, he was casted to play Lex Luthor, people were very skeptical about it, him playing Lex Luthor, or his experience with Superman, what we didn't rem- or we didn't realize and for- and absolutely forgot is that John Cryer played a cousin of Lex Luthor or a nephew of Lex Luthor in probably the worst Superman movie of all time of the Donner films, and that was uh, Superman: A Quest for Peace. He played a character, and he almost played like the same character that Seth Green played on on uh, what is it? Um, what was the movie that he played on there? Austin Powers. He, yeah, because I mean, remember, he played the nephew or the son of Dr. Evil. John Cryer kind of played a similar character on Superman. He played Lex Luthor's nephew, which was one of those characters. He was kind of like the Poochie from the Poochie of the movie for like Poochie from uh, The Simpsons. Because it was like this character that was just put in there and it was like okay what's going on why is he here <laughs> was it a, was it a point for him to be here i mean not knocking what he did on any episode because he did well on the as the character that he played in there but 
lo and behold, Lex Luthor has, I mean, John Cryer has experience, so we got to see him play Lex Luthor. Man, I was absolutely blown away at his version of Lex Luthor. Say what you want about the beard or whatever. That's a whole new thing. That's that's here nor there. But John Cryer, this version of Lex Luthor, very impressed by it. Knocked it out the park. It's totally blown away. He his version is that of a mad genius. And the glowing moment, the part of that scene that really made me stand up and holler and scream at my TV. Because at the beginning of the episode, we saw Miss Tessmacher. We got to see her, you know, interact with Luthor for the first time. And for those who remember the Donner films, Miss Tessmacher is a character that came from the Donner films and they brought her into there. And she's been on the show for, I think, since like the second season of Supergirl. She's been on this show for so long, but we have not seen Lex. And lo and behold, they interact with each other for the first time. And the and fans of that of the old movies, which is a big wink wink moment for those who watch the movies, they got to see them interact for the first time. And I was like, okay, this is interesting. Let's see what happens from here. Because if anybody knew Miss Tessmacher on the movies worked with Lex Luthor, she was his assistant or whatever else that he needed her to do. And Miss Miss Tessmacher was a really sexy you know type of individual that work with lex from time to time so miss tessmacher on here was working for catco also under jimmy olsen or james olsen who in fact many of you don't remember from seasons back james slept with miss tessmacher in a copy room and kara you know kara actually caught him in the copy room this is back when kara had like a crush on james and lo and behold, Miss Tessmacher comes out and reveals that she's been working with Lex since the get-go. And I was like, whoa. Came out in the signature Miss Tessmacher leather or vinyl, you know, all bodysuit that she was similar to what she wore in the movie. I jumped off my seat when she when she went turn, she turned total hill. It was about to kill Lana Luthor. It was like, whoa. She went full rogue. She was literally about to kill her until Lex said, no, don't do it. You know, just we'll we'll save it for now. I was blown away. Uh, he is going to be a major character in this show, bar none. And I am, I'm like, you can't just, he can't just be making one little appearance on his show. Nah, he is going to affect this series. And, and they already got like Agent, uh, Agent Liberty already in that storyline and and they just i guess they just ended the uh, i'm thinking that they injured and uh ended the manchester black saga with that situation in order to move in with lex which i think is going to be an even bigger deal now and i will see man this is going to be supergirl to me this year is my favorite of the bunch even bigger than flash even bigger than arrow and bigger than black lightning right now which i love black lightning right now um, but they have, man, they knocked it out the park with what they're going to do. I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what they are going to do with Lex Luthor from this point on, because this show has been nonstop awesome. Since the moment that they moved to the CW, they have looked back from what CBS, the debacle first season that CBS has put in and 
brought so much power and strength into this series. This is almost becoming a flagship series. Almost. Almost becoming a flagship series. And when Crisis on Infinite Earth come, oh my goodness. I can't even fathom what the hell is going to happen there with, all, with everything that's going on. Black Lightning, too. Let's talk about that. Black Lightning ended with Lightning, uh, Lightning actually finally, finally getting her costume, the younger daughter of the uh, Pierce family, finally getting her costume and able to control her powers. We also saw Tobias finally get taken down. Uh, she almost killed him, but she decided not to. And now he's put in a maximal, in a maximal uh, facility. But for how long? That dude's been an amazing character in the series, and I'm interested in seeing what is going to happen to him. He also broke up with Cutter because Cutter saw him going way too far and it just he's getting out of control so cutter is going to be stepping away from him, but we don't know the continuation of what's going to happen with that character bill duke's character to me is the oh my god that dude's awesome bill duke if you guys don't remember most of you guys don't because i don't think you got a lot of our listeners may not have watched movies like commando from arnold schwarzenegger's commando or infamously don't be, um, you know, Menace to Society. I was about to say don't be a menace, but that's the comedy version. Menace to Society, which he played a role of a cop and it, the most intimidating looking cop you could ever have. It's such a pivotal moment in that movie that people can't stop saying, you know, you done effed up, right? I mean, that's his that's his catchphrase. And it's awesome. It is absolutely awesome, awesome, awesome what he did uh, in there. And as Agent Percy Odell and he is looking to be a, a much more pivotal role in this series because he's been eyeing the Pierce family and he's well aware of what they're doing so he, he, last thing you know these guys are having a finally having a family gathering and all of a sudden he pops up in their crib unbeknownst and unannounced and just and stealth like and he lets them know that the Pierce family, that he's aware of them all being who they are. And he's now he's getting them to use them to for whatever it is that he's trying to use them for. Unbeknownst to them, he has new metas. One of them is Painkiller. Khalil is back. I don't know. Some way, somehow he's alive. And we they're going to try to weaponize him. Unbeknownst to them, and I, and I know when Lightning is going to find out, she's going to want to kill him for this. So it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen in that season. I love both seasons of Black Lightning. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with them next, and I hope they keep that strength going. I, I also believe that Robert Townsend, who's directed some of the episodes, and he's a character on the show, I, I still believe he's going to play a bigger role in the series and a lot of people are making fun of it saying that he's going to be a uh, meteor man <laughs> again i hope that's not the case i love that movie but no we got a legit black hero now we got a bunch of legit black heroes now and as much as i i love what he did with um with with meteor man i'm not knocking meteor man but we also didn't have the technology and the mindset to do what is being done now which is appropriately done and i'm glad that he is getting to be able to be a part of what's going on for black comic book heroes because he was he he did 
he made a black superhero when Hollywood wasn't even trying to invest in black superheroes or create it at all. So, you know, it, this is a paying homage to what he's done. Not only just that, but paying homage to how much of a talent Robert Townsend is. And I love it. They also brought in my man from the Five Heartbeats in as well to be one of the scientists. The guy that, uh, I forgot, I forgot his name. Next time I talk about Five Heartbeats, I mean, next time I talk about the show, I got to bring his, up his name. But he played the heartbeat that got um, had the drug habit. That, that also very pivotal moment. He's back on the show as well. So uh, the show has been absolutely fantastic. It just paid so much homage to a lot of people who paved the way for and and acting in Hollywood and Black Hollywood or whatever like that. So it's awesome, absolutely. I still I'm, I'm really pissed that they killed off T.C. Carson. <laughs> I'm still pissed that they did, you know, because he played Tobias' father, and I'm like, God, man, just come back to life or something. <laughs> so last thing is the flash um they you know the season finale came or no it hasn't came yet it's coming though but we last saw the flash and finally nora revealed that she was working with ebor thawne and boy were they pissed off so pissed that barry speeded her right into one of those star uh lab cells and man let's see how this is going to turn out now because there's so much turmoil going on there right now with things going on this has been the this has been the best season of uh, the Flash yet, better than last season because last season went off a little bit slow. We'll see how that goes. So, ladies and gentlemen, that will do it for what's new in the world of ACMG. We're gonna take a break, come back, and we're gonna talk about Jordan Peele's newest psychological thriller, Us. Did it supersede Get Out? Was it worthy? We'll find out right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! This is Tom Gibbous, the voice of Shikamaru Nara from Naruto, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. And it's not a drag. Do it. And now it's time for our top topic of the week. Ready? Wait! All right, folks, we are back with our talk topic of the week, and it is my review of Jordan Pill's newest addition to his psychological thriller, and that is Us, a movie that I don't normally go to see. Like, I, I said it many a times, I'm not a horror fan, I'm not a, you know, psychological thriller fan. But I'm a Jordan Pill fan, so it's it, it it was like one of those ah oh, damn butt type of situations, and I just went for it. You know, I was with bits of hesitation. I did the same thing before when I went to go see Get Out, and just like I did with Get Out, I came out very well pleased. I enjoyed it. I was kind of blown away of things, you know, and I really love what he did with this. And I could tell you this because. 
I grew up in like I grew up in 77. I grew up. Yeah, I'm old man. Hey, I'm, I'm grown folk here. Uh, I grew up in 77. So I was around during a lot of these things that was referenced and mentioned in this show and was some of the key points of what was going on to this show. I was in a theater in my theater that I was in uh, Cinemark, I believe this time. And I was in a theater with a bunch of younger kids, millennials, generation, younger generation that came to see this movie because they're fans of Jordan Peele. I can understand that. What I don't believe they were fans of was some of the references in there because I think they came out not understanding some of them. And I knew when I saw some of these things, it would go over their head because they didn't understand it. And But now, take note, from the thriller standpoint and the, and the excitement and the suspense standpoint, he got it. He definitely got it. But he went in a place that I believe only older generation would understand and I think that's what it was targeting because some of the movie was mentioned was based on 86 so during 86 and I was young I was a young boy at the time during 86 we had you know thriller we had hands across America we had we are the world all that stuff all this really cool stuff that was going on back then to try to make a better America all right not thriller perhaps but (laughs) thriller was just a phenomenon at the time and Thriller really made a big deal when that first came out because if you guys remember, for all you grown folks out there that saw the original Thriller video, that scared the living shit out of people. That movie, I mean, well, it was a short film to be at best. It was a video, but it was a short film by John Landis, if I'm correct. And that changed the way that people made videos because it was a whole feature film that they made out of it. it. It was deep. Special effects, all this stuff. Like, if if not for that video, we would not be seeing some of the most elaborate things that we've seen today, including, you know, Michael Jackson Bad, which was done by Martin Scorsese, which also featured Wesley Snipes, if you guys don't remember that. And there were some high references and praise to Michael Jackson Thriller in this movie some great references in this movie especially at the very end of this movie where he pulled and by the way if you have not seen this film by now you should know that just I, I will be spoiling some things in this film not everything but some things in this film including the twist at the end so if you have not seen this movie I highly recommend you wait to see the movie and then come back to get my thoughts on to hear my thoughts on this but yeah it's just a warning now but I thought he did a really great job. This, from a scare factor, didn't scare me at all. But I could see where it could scare other people. And luckily, I came in, I went to the theater with my people. Because my people was, like, not afraid of this whole thing. And we talk a lot <laughs> during the process. So any bit of the scare factor that happened did not happen because everybody made it look you know, a little bit of ease, but there were some great, great thrilling moments in there that they did. And basically the situation is the, the, the basically the premise of the deal is that Lupita Nguyen's uh, character, who's, uh, I believe it's Adelaide. Uh, well, yes, played as Adelaide Wilson or Red. 
basically, which is like, remember, they play two different roles. One of their normal, what's supposed to be the normal version, and one of the, what is known to be the shadow version of them. So they wind up playing, you know, she, she was a little girl in 1986, right around the time when Hands Across America was being promoted. And she wound up actually running away into or, you know, isolating herself to a disclosed area because they went to the beach and the mom and dad. No, they went to the carnival and and, and, which is in their beach area. And the mom and dad was with them and the mom went to the bathroom. The daughter was supposed to be standing right there with the father watching him play uh you know whack-a-mole but she goes running off into her own thing and ends up in this fun house which is happened to be a very creepy area and it was during the time where if you noticed the sky was very dark it was lightning it that took a significant moment i think that was the time that was the very moment when things have changed which was during that thunder and lightning that really significant looking thunder and lightning very dark clouds and everything uh, came out and you've seen it behind her background and that's when things change and this all of a sudden she goes in this um house of mirrors and within the mirrors there's actually somebody that looks just like her and that's when you just all of a sudden now they go straight into the to the grown-up era uh later on in the future the now era if you will and they on the, for some reason they take a trip back to this place, which scares the living daylights out of her because the house that they live in was her mother's, and they do these trips all the time. Even though she is scared out her ass of coming back to this place every single time, and her and the family, you know, uh, also play you know played by uh, the husband played by Winston Duke Mbaku from uh, Black Panther, also was you know playing the husband. Gabe Wilson and he I loved him I loved him he was such a dorky father he played a really dorky father role in here you know really kind of nerdish but he's a big dude so you know he will stand his ground at times and he was kind of the almost the kind of the comedy role in this movie and he had his mo he had his really great moments you you had to love him he was a goof but you had to love him at the same time and all of a sudden they go back to the beach and she's worried and they're with you know friends that they hang around with every year and all of a sudden the son goes and finds this really strange guy they come back and it gets that's when things get weird all of a sudden they go back home because she's really freaked out by the whole existence she thought that the son was going to go through the same thing the son ends up drawing pictures of his experience with meeting this really strange guy who looks a lot like the guy from the pat from her past and this leads to them going home, her revealing to her husband that she had this experience, never telling him, which then everything just went to shit. <laughs> and that's when the the shadowed version of the family comes in and they start tearing up and it gets crazy from there. It just gets crazy from there. What we don't realize is that we thought from the beginning of the movie that it's just only the, their family that's being affected. No, apparently there's a lot of everybody who ever visits that beach comes in there and they they already have doubles and all of a sudden so it's basically what it seems like and this is an unanswered situation what it seems like is that everybody in this who goes and visits this beach 
ends up generating somewhat of a shadow clone, if you will, in there that hides deep underground and lives underground. So everything that they do and they ever do in life, they do. But sometimes they're not even around to do it, you know. And it came to a point where the, uh, the uh, what I believe, I keep on saying her name wrong. Uh, Adele, what is it? Adeliad. Yeah, that, that's what I'm going to say. I'm gonna, just going to say Adele. <laughs> um, where Adele's character ends up, you know, being the leader of the underground shadow versions of everybody. And they're leading a pack to take over what they haven't had. They end up, you know, plotting for years and years and years to be able to come back and kill everybody at the beach and everybody that in existence to take over. And this was some sort of a movement that was supposed to mimic hands across America, which was funny about that. When I saw that, I actually, uh, I was a part of hands across America. I was one of the kids that they, I live in, in Philadelphia and here in Philadelphia and Southwest Philly, they just happened to do that in our area. So, Everybody back then wanted to be a part of this because this was going to be a big deal. This was like the next best thing to what was it? We are the world. When we are the world came out, it was like the upper excellence, uh, the, the elite, if you will, the upper excellence of all pop stars and, and music artists Lionel Richie, Michael Jackson, uh, Tina Turner, I mean, you name it, Stevie Wonder, uh, geez, Cindy Lauper. I, I mean, I mean. Everybody, every huge David Bowie, Elton John, everybody was a part of this. And Hands Across America was supposed to be the next version of that. But this time they were adding, they were also bringing in Kenny Rogers, too. I got to add him on because uh, that was country, too. So it was like every genre everywhere just came together. That was the 80s, people. All different cultures coming together to fight one battle of hunger. Why can't we do that again? I digress. But, um, they wind up, I, I wind up being a part of that because they did it in our area. So we had to make sure we'd be there at the appropriate time to all hold hands in this huge long line leading down our block and, and blocks beyond blocks as I guess a helicopter comes up to film us. The funny part is about it is that like we're doing it in support supposedly, but we all wanted to be a part of it to say, to look at the video and be like, yeah, oh, there we are. Even though it's like millions and millions of people doing doing this footage, and we wind up really not really seeing each other because there's from a far view, so it's like you could kind of say you were there or you did it that you kind of did it, but I was a part of that at one point, and I remember that vividly. And <laughs> so the fact that they used that Jordan used that as part of his element in this thing was really phenomenal and it really took me back got a kind of nostalgic on that but the fact that they used that for a bigger plot to what's going on in the movie was even funnier in this thing so i got a kick out of it because I, I immediately knew after a while watching the movie that that's where they were leading to and why they were wearing all red they were all wearing red jumpsuits that was it if you watch the movie the shirts the, the hands across america t-shirts the, the logo design, the, the graph, the design on there had red, you know, stick figure people on there. The red represented that. 
And they were doing a Hands Across America thing. And I thought that was really awesome that they did that. It was kind of funny. So the other thing, too, was Thriller. Thriller was the other thing that they mentioned on here. So I don't know if anybody noticed at the very end of this movie where... I, well, I'll mention the twist later on. But it, it the, the, there's a part of it there that ends up... But overall, this movie was just... I liked it. I really enjoyed it. Um it didn't scare me as much as I thought it was going to scare me at all. And that is actually a good thing. <laughs> but I think people in the theater enjoyed it. There were some funny parts. But I also believe that there were things in there that a lot of younger kids did not get. And I figure, like, if depending on your age, you're going to get some of the things that's going on here, what he was doing and why he did it. And it was strategically done well. I thought he did absolutely done well. My favorite performances are here without... A doubt, Lapita, uh, Lapita Nguyen. Uh, she she just she embraced Adele's uh, Adele Wilson's you know character. It was so well done. You could feel her her fear very well, and for her to do the red version of herself, it was awesome. Because I mean, just her hearing her talk in such a creepy way, it was ah oh, man, it was it was crazy. Like it's like she was possessed. Uh, Winston Duke was again the great comedy relief for this you know as Gabe Wilson and also as his shadow version Abraham uh it was awesome in there Elizabeth Moss I've wow I've seen her in so many damn films she was in here too playing Kitty Tyler or or the opposite version Delilah I don't understand why these guys have names and they never named they never mentioned any of the names in there but she was in there too each of these people played their own different versions Tim uh Hedecker which is playing a husband of Kitty, uh, Josh. They were funny as as well. It was some really cool things. The kids, uh, believe the kid, the daughter's name who plays Zora, was uh, Shahaji or Sahaj Wright Joseph. She was awesome. She was absolutely awesome. She played herself, but her creepy version, her uh, Embray was what the name of this character was. She was probably next to Red, the creepiest of them all. Next to Lapita's character, she was the creepiest of them all because she was like, just, you know, because the, the daughter, Zora, was a runner. She, or she, she was a runner. It's, she probably is a runner now. And she booked when he told her to run at the house. And her other version just walked and somehow still met her up that, that way it was creepy as hell and the fact that she had a perm i like the fact that they all had different hairstyles too um winston uh winston had a a bigger beard when he was abraham and um i mean there's probably so much we need to unravel with this movie that i can't even get it all into one segment it's just it, i mean we really had to put a whole entire segment into the um, a whole entire episode into everything that we probably did and i definitely would i recommend you will not get all this in one swoop you will probably have to watch this movie again to really get some things you rather didn't get or need to find out to understand more and then we'll probably need to hear from jordan pill to answer some questions like he did with get out too but uh i just love the way that they did the opposite versions the shadow versions of himself evan alex also played jason wilson a little young boy that was in there he played the pluto which man that kid was creepy. He was a he was he was just creepy as hell. He 
like playing with fire a lot. It was just, man, it was crazy. And I do love the, I, I'll bring up my favorite moments too, because there were some really great moments in there too. But um, of course, those were all some of the best performances that I, I've seen on air. And uh, I mean, the entire cast did great in there, but those are the ones that really stuck out. And they did on purpose for a reason. But it was awesome. I do like the fact that they got a little girl. I forgot. I don't see on. I'm looking at IMDb to see if they got a the name of the little girl that played her played in the uh, episode. But they got a little girl to play Adele's actual younger self. Which was great about that is that she looked just like Zora, but younger. She looked just like so. When you get to the future, you get to Adele when they when she's all grown up, but you see her daughter. Her daughter looks like her. I don't know if that was. I don't know if that's still you know, uh, Shahadi. If if that's still her um, her actual self, but they kind of did CGI with it or not. But it looked just like a younger version of her. And then we see the grown-up version of her. So I don't know if that was just another actor that you just happen to see that looks just like her or not. But that was well done. I really like that part right there. And it, they could have, but I don't see a name of the actual daughter in here. At least I don't see it from my vantage point here. But you know, I like that they did that. And it because now it looks like her daughter is looking like her growing up. So that was a little bit of significance there uh, that they did. I I really enjoyed that. But. I got to talk about the performances as well in here. I mean, not just the performances, the favorite scenes that I, I think one of the, my, one of my favorite scenes was definitely the Funhouse moment when, uh, the very moment that starts the creepy factor, the rabbit situation was interesting and I need to know the significance of the rabbits. I, I think they play a bigger thing than some type of a hint, hint message, a, a Easter egg, if you will, to, I mean, cause I knew that the, they fed on live rabbits raw and that was the thing but i almost feel like they play a bigger role or a significant role or artistic significance in this movie as well in here but it was some really great stuff just uh my favorite role parts in here definitely when they first invaded the moment that they're at the front of the house and uh winston's character is you know out with the bat and saying if you want to get crazy we can, that's going to be that's going to stick with him for quite a while that's absolutely going to stick with him for quite a while. Uh, Winston Duke is just great. I'm I the first time I saw him was as Mbaku in Black Panther. Loved him here just the same. I I'm looking forward to seeing other movies he's involved in because I think he's a great character. I think we haven't seen any of what he can really do yet. He's his his potential is I feel like his potential is just going to skyrocket from this point on. Uh, it already did. He really did make a great appearance on Black Panther, but. It was awesome. Um, but that was one of my favorite moments. And just the scene where they just finally invaded and everything. The Hands Across America uh, connection, I liked a lot, too. Um, also, the part when they faced the sun, the little sun, when they faced Pluto, when uh, that role, that part right there was awesome because the sun actually played, um, Jason actually did something really smart. He realized that he was the shadow, that he mimics everything that he does. So when he was on fire and he was about to, he was about to set them up and he figured out it was a trap that, that uh, Pluto was about to trap him. And he was about to burn him and kill him. He got out the car and moved back and Pluto moved back into the fire, which was awesome. So that was a great thing. And then the very end, 
the last battle between uh, Adele and Red was absolutely fantastic because, you know, if you remember in the movie, um, Adele used to do ballet. And at the same time, that means Red was doing ballet because that's her shadow. And they had this great scene using, once again, the I Got Five on It song, but in such a riveting, engaging, like that song has never been used so good ever <laughs> to this film. It was epic. And I liked the way she was doing ballet with the scissors and just going about it, like just attacking Adele. And, and that was just, that was such a great scene. It just really a great pickup. Now, while I was watching this, I was still trying to figure out like, what am I missing here? All right, we figured out how they got to be. We figured out why they want to do. Where is the end? How is this going to end? How is this going to end? Now, here's the thing. Let's talk about this ending. I guarantee you there are going to be people that are going to say that they weren't surprised about this ending. That they, they, they figured it was going to be a twist. Bullshit. Bullshit, Mr. Hanman. I don't see how in the hell you could have figured this out. Where in ever in the movie that you figured that this was going to be a thing. I call BS on anybody who even remotely say that they knew that this ending was coming. Because I didn't. There was no way of you knowing that this ending was coming. I don't understand how you knew this ending was coming. So apparently they talked about everything that happened from the point of when she actually, when they started to rise against the normal existence of humans. And somewhere along the lines, what we didn't see or somehow didn't get was that, and, and, and kudos to, again, Jason, who figured it out that his mom is actually the shadow who ended up taking places with the original mom and held her captive there while she got to live in normal existence. And that's what they figured out. That's what they figured out after all this time that the mom is actually the bad guy at all this. She was actually the bad guy in all this. So at that moment when he figured it out and Adele looked at us, or supposedly his her son and it actually should be his son but he she looked at him and she gave him the thriller look <laughs> she absolutely gave him the like the same look sim, like that was extremely paying homage to michael jackson thriller if you look at that role and look at that part and you look at the very end of thriller that's exactly what michael jackson did and that's exactly here what uh lupita did at the end and they gave him that look. I was like, whoa. <laughs> I'm sorry. That part right there, that twist was awesome. That twist was absolutely awesome. There was no way. I can't. Somebody is going to have to really, in detail, explain to me how they knew this, that that was going to happen. It wasn't that obvious. And if it is, maybe I, maybe I didn't, maybe it was something I overlooked. Again, I had to watch the movie to see if there was a part in there that I overlooked. But it, I, to me, it wasn't obvious. I usually catch on things pretty good in there. I mean, I caught on most of a lot of what was going on there. Uh, but that I did not see coming. Did not see coming at all. So overall, I really enjoyed the movie. I got I to gotta give it an A. Now, question is, 
Although I gave it an A. I, I mean, I enjoyed it. I loved it. It wasn't scary, but it was... It was scary to me. But, and I may thank my sister for that, who used to laugh at all horror movies back in the day, so it kind of got me adjusted. So shout out, kudos to her. But I got I to gotta ask myself, I got to ask myself, was this better than Get Out? I don't think it was. I think it was just as good. I think Get Out may have had a better twist. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I got to look back at Get Out. It's been a while. I've only seen it since I went to the movies. It's on Hulu now, so I got to watch it. But I think that I think it had the most surprising twist out of the two. But that's not taking anything away from the from their twist because I didn't see that coming too. But I think if you want to compare. The, the big twist moment between the two, I still think Get Out may have topped it just from the fact that you had no idea what these what these people were doing with the bodies of black people. <laughs> so that was crazy. But this was also too, this was great. This is great. Go out of your way to go see us. Jordan Pill, in my opinion, does it again. It was awesome. And, uh, you know, you enjoyed it. Even if, I, I tell you, as a person who doesn't like horror or thriller, psychological thriller movies and all that stuff, I think you could ease into this. If you're not a fan of it, but you love Jordan Peele, I think you could absolutely ease into this. It it more tries to suspense you more than to scare you. And you'll be more in suspense than a scare. And it, and I think they did a good job. And there's some really great, there's some little bit of, little bit comedy, a lot, le, little less comedy than it was in Get Out. But also just some great scenes, some great connections and significant things in there. Again, if you're my age, or a little bit, just a tiny bit younger and have been around at the time, you get some of the references that they were getting and why they did some of the things that they did. So it was awesome nonetheless. But, you know, I loved it. I hope you guys do too. We'll get our thoughts on our ACMG Facebook group, of course, and I'd love to hear what they got to say about it as well. So uh, that'll do it. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for joining us again on ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Uh, this week, we will absolutely have a Select Start podcast. Uh I am managing everything properly with everything going on with my clients, so I am back on track. And, you know, not that I ever wasn't back on track in the first place, but it's just, you know, you got to attend to the uh, clients and get them out there, get, them, uh, get the world to see who they are. But we are back, and I am glad that I am doing this podcast now on this week because there's going to be so much information. Uh, the Nindy Showcase, the uh, State of Play uh, live broadcast showcase that are going to be coming – we're going to see what PlayStation has to offer. We're going to talk about all that, plus my review of Kingdom Hearts 3, finally, and Blaster Master 2. So, Blaster Master Zero 2, let me correct that. Blaster Master Zero 2 from NT Creates. So, we'll be talking about that, and uh, we'll see what's going on next week, but we're we're going to be counting down to Endgame and Shazam, which is coming in the beginning of April, so I'll be most likely uh, doing that one too. So stay tuned for all that and much more. So thank you guys so very much. Again, thank you to Ruben Langdon uh, for the great interview that I had and, you know, much uh, best wishes to him. I'll talk to him again soon. And uh, definitely go out of your way to check that out on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Popping, YouTube. Uh, what else? TalkTimeLive.com, of course. Just everywhere you can find that not only that interview not only that episode but all of our episodes and all of our interviews with the exclusives and names and fandom uh, our favorite fandoms that we all know are all there you can go to talktimelive.com forward slash exclusives to check out just the exclusives only i'll be uploading 
Tom Gibbis's uh, interview that I had recently, Shikamaru from Naruto, and then I'll be also and um, Felix as well on that page. So it takes a little while to get all that in. It's like it that's a lot of work. <laughs> I'll be getting all those up for make it easier for people to check out as well. So stay tuned for all that and much more. So thank you guys again on behalf of myself. This is Dax Xavier Josiah saying, "Learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games." This is ACMG presents Talk Time Live. I am out of here. People have a great week. 